Welcome everyone to Runtime okay. Reverie. Uh, today, live to you, not live, pre-recorded to you from Seoul, Korea. Yeah. Craig, did you miss the plane? I I, I, I missed the invite. Like? What's wrong? You you invited me while you were on the plane. Oh uh, no. I don't think that was a real invite. <laughs> and uh, today we have a guest speaker. Oh yeah. Mr. Vincent Lequang from hey. San Francisco joining us to tell us everything about whatever is happening in San Francisco. Nice to meet you all. It should actually be really all interesting. Korea. All Korea. Yeah. yeah. Actually, talking about what we did in Korea, that could be interesting too. That could be interesting. Yeah, yeah especially yesterday. You guys remember? Uh, I vaguely remember yesterday. Oh, the music. The music was interesting. Oh, the huge, the tech stuff. The huge mall. Oh, yeah, the tech, the tech, the, the tech conference. conference. Yeah. yeah we're, the tech process, right? We've learned what the future of tech is. They're yeah. like, you know, like in Avatar, the the oh. robot things. Everyone was walking around on those. Yeah, um, yeah. Don't don't tell hologram. me the ending. I'm I'm still halfway through the story. <laughs> we actually did coincidentally go to a Future of Tech and Health conference here in Seoul. Yeah. It oh. just it looked remarkably like today, to be honest. Mm. But it was interesting. Yes. <laughs> it was it wasn't too bad. There were a few a few things. So well, let's let's start off on that one. So. Uh, very, very inviting. They let a few yeah. random people off the street walk into their conference. Yes. yes. Um, and they had a few interesting things. I liked the uh, the sort of uh, physical assist tech. So they have oh, yeah, this thing cool. that assists with lifting packages and supports your back. Yeah. Ah. It sort of ah. felt like uh, just having a little robot assistant on your body to help you move say, around. Are they like those exoskeletons that sit on you? Yeah. 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 Oh, Genuinely, cool. it was exactly yeah. like that, but they had built it with springs, so no batteries required. It was actually quite, quite. Interesting. Pretty sure, though. Sorry, oh, guys, that looked like that villain from Spider-Man there, but might have been wrong. The Octo uh, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and just to prove it to you, here's some random students here in Seoul, <laughs> and uh, random uh, rainy morning. With um, cars driving Hi. by, <laughs> all happening in Korea. It's all happening. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. City of twenty-six million people, and it's only about twenty percent larger than Melbourne. So mm. it's it's not that big, <laughs> uh, but it's very very dense. Very crowded. Um, like when we were going going through, like. Um, there was a lot of people on the street, and you were telling me, like, okay, in Australia, this could be empty, right? Like, you, know. you catch the subway and you get a, you like, oh, tri yeah. triple yeah. your step count because the place is so huge. Yeah, we were all like squeezing the subway. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> to get from one gate to the other, it just takes, it's like you're walking several kilometers. <laughs> yeah. So it's fitness oriented. What's up? It's fitness-oriented public transport. Yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. quite lean here. Yeah, except the three tourists who keep eating amazing meals every day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Vincent and I used to work together at Microsoft a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, he's uh, here. He's heard about Runtime Reverie, and we said, "Hey, look, let's have a chat." Um, he's had some interesting experiences lately, in particular with uh, making some games. Oh, yeah. And trying to optimize them to fit into a small bike count, I think. That's 13 kilobytes. How much? 13 kilobytes. 13 kilobytes. Yeah. 
And what was the competition? What was um, it called? GS 13K Games. And okay. uh, yeah, so everybody is trying to make a JavaScript game. It also has to fit a team. Uh, the team, it's kind of like a game jam. So it has to fit a team. And the team this year was 13th century. Oh, so yeah, you have to figure out what happened in the 13th century. I don't remember. I don't know, but um, yeah, you can always research and stuff. And uh, it has to fit into 13 kilobytes. Uh, I mean, once you zip it up, uh, the JavaScript file, the source code, everything, all the assets, the sound and everything has to fit into 13 kilobytes. And it cannot even access external uh, oh, anything. anything. Yeah. So it, the whole experience has to be uh, within those. It's really impressive because I once made a React component that was a button that was 13 kilobytes. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I was just thinking the last, the last splash screen I had had an image on it that was bigger. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Was this the game that's on your website? Was it the like there was a Mongolian one or was oh, yeah. there was oh, oh, yeah. exactly that you've already played it? Yeah. Yeah, that's one I shared uh, on uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of other games, like uh, about 100, 160 or something, other games that uh, made it true. And then, uh, yeah, a bunch of people like uh, played the only little games and then. Uh, Made something that was uh, really nuts. Any honorable mentions? Any other games you remember that were that were really interesting? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember. So uh, there's one one that really uh, like uh, stuck up in, in my mind was because of the graphics. Uh, some kind of Mer uh, game about Merlin, uh, and he was moving around. Um, so basically, it's uh, it's like a puzzle game, and then you just move the elements around. And then you, uh, once you move the elements around, you click, and then Merlin tries to go through those elements. Um, and there's a lot of traps. Uh, most of them are involving chess. So there was a, so like there's a, ah, like a, how do you call that tower? The rook, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a rook somewhere. And if Merlin passes in front of the rook, it's going to get killed. So you can move pieces around, like a pawn. Okay, you move the pawn in front of the rook, and then you can. Pass. Hmm. But you you manipulate the elements around in order to let Merlin pass. Interesting. Yeah, I mean the concept is is uh, is good, but uh, what struck me was like the the graphics and the animation of it. So we yeah. might yeah. we might be making a game here at some point. Mm -hmm. We might have a session tonight or yeah. yeah. Can't we start watching the John Wick movies. Possibly take you that long? It's only thirteen k. What do you what do you build this stuff in, Vincent? Like like what do you do to build it? Like what what's it like the development what like? You know, like what do you code in, you know? Such a good question. How oh, do you yeah. actually do it? How is this even feasible? <laughs> How to do it? Yeah. Well, yeah, so I um, on my side I guess I just uh pump like uh, open the VS code. And um, yeah, just time writing JavaScript code. Then um, I just put it them all into like uh, index.html file. Then uh, I start a little local server so that I can um, open the <coughs> the game and then uh, just play it and then see if it works. Um, for my particular entry, though, um, I had to like compress the graphics a lot. 
So one of the things I did is like, um, okay, I cannot have a bitmap like that too crazy because uh, takes so much space. And uh, I, I want to go do a little bit better than pixel art because I'm not very good at pixel art. And also, I, I like the aesthetic of vector graphics. Mm. So I was deciding, okay, for this one, I'm going to do vector graphics. So I looked up uh, some um, um, online for uh, horse animation. And I found this horse animation that dated from the, I think like a very old one, like 1920 something, I, I forgot. Okay. But uh, that was basically- Mybridge? Huh? Mybridge? Edward Mybridge? Oh, maybe that, you might know about that it. the first yeah. bit of television was actually the animation of a horse? Yeah, yeah, yeah the first the animation. The first TV broadcast was an animated horse, right? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know like it, it's like a very horse historic uh, sprite sheet, basically, of the horse riding around. So I took that and put into like some kind of like uh, editor that I kind of like designed myself. And then um, I just like trace it around the horse shape mm -hmm. so that uh, like basically I can capture every single frame of the horse. Mm. So that ended up uh, making it to the game as uh, that smooth animation that you see like the horse riding around. Mm. Yeah. As as yeah. literally still an image is it still an image asset uh yeah so i took the the image and then after i trace it around yeah then it becomes a vector graphic oh you turn it into a vector yeah i took yeah. everything to vector by tracing around the horse by hand yeah and what, what sort I of format is the vector is that like an svg or something like that or oh sorry what are you saying svg oh uh, no or... i didn't yeah, yeah it became my own like uh custom format i mean i could have turned it into svg uh, but just I just made it like a bunch of yeah. Oh, it's the third dog that we've seen. <laughs> really? Sorry, interesting anecdote <laughs> about uh, South Korea. You don't see many pet dogs. Uh, we've seen three in many many days. Really? Yeah, this is not very common. <laughs> we'll talk a bit about Korea and what oh, we yeah. found here. I think there's, <laughs> there's been some really interesting uh, aspects of the culture that we found out. We'll talk about that. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, we should be, we should be like the all-in guys. So uh, the other day, just in Seoul, I met beep, <laughs> and then I did beep, and he gave me beep. Man <laughs> of money. What? Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So how do you? How do you actually do you do something to your code? Do you use some sort of minifier or compressing algorithm? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do you do to the actual code to shrink it? Okay, so th there's uh, two steps of minima minifying. One, I pass it through ugly, uglify.js, oh, yeah. and then that makes like one um, small JS file. But even that is uh, actually not even enough. Um, there's uh, some other program that um, all the community is using called Road Roller. Okay. And that, yeah. that minifies even further uh, before we can actually zip it and then submit it and make sure that it's huh. So, But here's the thing, I, I don't know, for some reason, Okay, the, the Uglify, that works fine. But the road roller, every time I run it through, it gives me a different file size. So, like, like basically, you know, like at the end of the competition, uh, so I had my whole setup, Uglify, the road roller, zip, and then it outputs the, the file. So I have one command to do the whole process. And I look at the file size at the end. And if it's a, like a lot of time it was above 13K, I kept running 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 until it shrinks down really because for some reason road roller make, makes it a little bit random yeah so i wonder who does that it must have just a unique sort of compression algorithm that 
Yeah, mm. no, no, tries different yeah. things. I don't know. Yeah, it probably <laughs> renames function calls and things that down, and it just probably uh, has a randomizer in that. And so, you know, yeah. luck of the draw. I don't think you needed to rename function because to uglyify, I already like shrinked all the should do it the yeah. names into like one letter. Uh, that said, I don't know if you look at the code itself, uh, it does some weird stuff, and then you can see that there's like something eval and a bunch of oh, crap. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's doing some kind of weird stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. By the way, when we make those videos, um, yes, have inserts because. Yeah, yeah, like right show. here we'll, we'll try and insert in some. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you can insert some, the code yeah. of the, look at the code uh, um, resulting we, from. Uh, we do a hard job of editing this podcast. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have that with that. Yeah, well, I think Vincent's offered to try and edit for us a bit. We'll, mm. see. we'll <laughs> see if that works. Oh. Apologies ahead of time if yeah. there's some unnecessary crap edited in. We don't know. <laughs> so, hey, so, how did, so, what? How did, I was going to say, hang on, how, how did you get started doing this, uh, Vincent? Um, ah. So you've gone from Microsoft, right? And then you've gone, you decided, all right, I'm going to make some games, right? And uh, there's what, obviously what one story in between. Hmm? What, what? Well, you've worked at Adobe, you've worked at some interesting places, I heard. Oh, yeah, Microsoft, Adobe, a uh, bunch of game companies, and then lately Amazon, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but how did you get into making these little games? What's the... I started um, even when I was uh, in France a uh, long time ago, like when I grew up in France uh, in high school, started making those games. Um, and you know that uh, World of Total game that I made? Yeah, that lasted, That I started that like when I was very young. Um, and uh, I was starting with um, Quick Basic, basically. So uh, I quick made basic. Quick Basic, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so my first game was in Quick Basic. Uh, I made this little tutorial game, and it was um, using ASCII art. Cool. It was very basic, but uh, I found it was fun. You know? um, even had music. Uh, like I, I was thought the only game gaming quick basic was Monkey's Dot Bass. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when you got quick basic, like there was Monkey's Dot Bass that came distributed with it, which had like a monkey throwing bananas. I, I don't know. Like it was a while ago, but uh, I believe I actually <laughs> bought the, the the software because I wanted to make like a. Uh, learn how to make games and then uh, yeah that's how i got into uh, game making and ever since you know like uh, as i was going from company to companies um, i always love to make games on the side and that was like really my passion i mean sometimes uh, i was like very uh, active and then i was able to compile a bunch of games for game jams mainly uh, um, some of the time i slowed it down but it was always in my mind would you um, would you encourage young developers to get into it? Is it is it like an interesting technical exercise as well as being fun to play? Dude, I think like they should definitely get into it. it is, like the one thing that got me into programming is games. I would have no reasons to do it otherwise. Mm. Um, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, the thing about games, when you make a game, it's a little bit different from just engineering because you have to think about the graphics the sound, and also how do you incorporate all of them together. Um, and also you have to think about making it fun, which is another le next level. Mm. So there's a lot of other things. Mm. Shit, I think. That's awesome. So so one thing we did yesterday, Craig, uh, we, we wanted to go to this conference because do you want to go? 
Go take the call. Go take the call. This is all live. It's great. One, one thing we want to do is go to this conference and learn about what the innovation culture is like here in South Korea. Yep. Before we came, we had this, um, I guess, notion or, or view of, of, of from of what we've heard that there were many big corporations here that sort of controlled the economy and the, they stifled innovation and nobody did any startups, nobody innovated, nobody created anything new. Um, that's the impression we had. And we thought, hey, all the kids are just trying to get into big companies and be drones, right? We went to this conference, we spoke to you know, a dozen different developers there. Uh, many of them um, are sort of recent university graduates from local universities. One of the kids I spoke to ended up living in New Zealand and then the US and then back in Korea now. And uh, we didn't find that to be the case at all. There's a lot of interesting little startups here. And it turns out the, the government is supporting and encouraging startups in a, in a pretty heavy way. So the, they were saying that the government funds uh, like a co-working space for them to, to operate out of and encourages uh, people to go start new businesses. It's, it was quite interesting. I would have imagined, though, just from my experience of working with some big companies and some small ones, that innovation doesn't happen in big companies the way you think it's supposed to happen. Like um, you're trying to take something which is really established, has a large market base, and has like small incremental improvements over a large area equals a big outcome. So it's, you're looking for small things. Whereas when you're small, you're battling for survival and you've got to have that innovation to you as well. So I always found that the innovation came from the smaller companies rather than the larger ones. Hmm. And often Are you saying, you're saying you go to the Telstra Innovation Center and you go, this isn't where the future has been created? Oh. Yeah, I can't, can't say I've actually been there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 100% Craig, it's, it's very hard for a big business to uh, take risks uh, often. Oh, no. and well, you often have, they'll, uh, it's like a, the body attacking itself, like it won't want to take that much. It sometimes take risks with its own existing business. Yeah, yeah it won't want hard. to. You'll get, well, yeah, you'll get and, and, and that's some of the mistakes I've made in, in companies in, in the past was trying to set up centers of innovation where you're trying to do something brave and extraordinary but the rest of the organization is designed to eat that right and to smite that out and it's it's absolute misery like if you're going to have some kind of innovation at a large company you kind of need to sort of separate that and have it from a board level have like an innovation fund split that out into bets and then almost operate them like separate companies and do it like a football season right where only the winners get to go through to the next round you kill off the ones that aren't performing the way you thought and redirect the funding into those and then that will grow up independently and then it's almost like an internal acquisition you know of that thing to mold it in for the winners but any, any other mechanism hasn't i haven't seen work yeah yeah and you know we hadn't uh i suspect it's actually changed so 10 years ago here uh probably less less of that type of innovation uh and uh and you know, more big corporate. I mean, this is this has been the the view of the you know various Asian countries for a long time, right? Like, for example, that there's a very um, traditional view that there's no innovation in Japan because no one takes risks. They have a very anti-risk culture. 
And I think Japan very strongly, yeah. And I and I think that may have been true. I can't speak for Japan, but I think that may have been true here. Uh, it certainly is not today, from what I've seen. I don't know. Like for for a while, I was thought I was thinking that Japan and then Korea, they they really have like the the most innovative tech, right? Yeah. They had like the first like uh, small TVs. You know, when yeah. people were just like still using like the that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was that was a long time ago. But then the if you think about the top top companies in the world, top tech companies in the world, how yeah. many of them come from uh, Japan or Korea? It's like Sony, Samsung, yeah. Sony, L Samsung. LG. I, I wouldn't have put Sony. Uh, Sony. There, Samsung's probably the only one. It's Nintendo. Right <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. But even even in the real world sort of things, like I remember when like uh, Hyundai first came to Australia, and it was it only survived because it was a disposable car. It was so cheap. Right, it was um, not good quality, it wasn't there to last, and you just going, it's just rubbish, right? I needed to buy a new car, you know, and I've had to put my name down, and I've got to wait a year for a Kia. You know, they're that popular now because you know, and I can see why, right? You sit in them and it's you know, it's tech-loaded lounge room kind of thing. It is it's gone from something that's disposable to something that's desirable that people really want. And you don't get there by not being innovative and changing and adapting and improving quality all the way along. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do wait for my car, though. Man, I hope the sound is going to be okay because we keep having all those cars going around. And we did a sound cycles. check. It should be okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, does this thing record sound separately? Uh, no. no. Yeah, we'll, no. we'll fix it in post. I'm sure it'll come Well, through. because if it was like two different like uh, sound, like whenever there's a car kind of pass by, I can reduce the sound on one side and oh. have price sound like up. I think mm. you're you're volunteering <laughs> to become our video editor. I <laughs> just want this video. I just want this video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if we survive to episode twenty, I think we should yeah, yeah. step up our okay. uh, production. Game. Yeah. So uh, if anyone's listening to this, let us know you're listening, and we'll we'll try and get to. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a cast. I've got like a nice microphone, and then I just end up using my laptop microphone every time. <clears throat> yeah, it's been interesting. Um, okay, what else is on the ticket? Anything else happened in this last week? Any news? Anything interesting in the tech world or the business world or any game world? Interesting news, other than the complete failure of the biggest game of the year. Wow, the biggest game. Starfield? Starfield from Bethesda. Oh, wow. I haven't seen it. It's a failure? It is. Uh, I think it's a abysmal failure. And it's quite very what's happening online because uh, it seems like every Muppet who is paid to talk about the game is saying nothing but amazing, glowing reviews about the best game of the year. Okay. And every other individual saying this is Sucks. right. Yeah. yeah okay. you, know, you know what? Because I you know what's changed? The thing that's different now versus two years ago. Huh. We now have Romsoft that's released Elden Ring, oh. taken over the world, showed oh. us what a real RPG could look like. Dramatically mm. different, dramatically different level. The standards have moved, and it's all thanks to Romsoft, right? I need to play this game. There's, there's uh, uh, what do you call it? The gaming cafes here. Yeah. And on the outside, they advertise which um. Graphics Nvidia card. graphics card that they have. So there's like one that was like a something something digits, and we're like, mm, that one's so good. And then something else. Oh, that one. Oh, that's the bit like that's the latest, the greatest card. You know, 
and then you go inside and they're all playing like League of Legends, which requires like a card from 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they're doing their crypto mining on the on the latest card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. No, no, no. Dog number four. Yeah. Number four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if crypto's that big here. So, uh, I don't yeah. think we've dug in that far. No. I know, we haven't heard anything about okay, Admittedly, the majority of this trip has been about experiencing Korean food. Yeah. Yes. That's by far been the focus, which uh, I, hands down, best food on the planet. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Really, genuinely best food yeah. on the planet. And well, every single meal we had, it was something different. Yeah. Completely different. We never had like a repeat mm. so far, and we've had like how many meals? Like, many. Well, from what I can see, the bagels are happy and delicious, according to the sign behind you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bagels. <laughs> this place has amazing bagels. And they're actually making it right behind us, behind mm -hmm. that window. Yeah. Yeah, we, maybe we can show later. So, dude, next time you have to come, come with us on the trip. We'll, uh, we'll oh, make sure you get the invite. Yeah, absolutely. Got to be down here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been hearing a lot of from your side, but how about on yours, Craig? What's new? In oh, the... I'm, I'm still, I'm still doing work, man. Some of us have to work. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, we had, we had a good philosophical chat this morning. Um, we were, we were talking about like, what's that one thing you should strive for, like as a, as a development team. And mm -hmm. the one thing we came up with was pretty much just developer experience. Everything sort of comes, flows from that, no. from like, building apps. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah, and what, what which is the absolute polar opposite of a Patrick universe. Um, that's a that's a what's a zero? It's a interest rate. Whatever you call it, phenomenon. Uh, a zerp phenomenon. Yeah, it's a developer experience has gone too far. I reckon. It's, what the, the hell does that even mean? What does that even mean? Just the tooling of uh, yeah, it's the tooling, and then like the developers get pampered to, and then they go, oh, no, no, I think you've got you've got it got it wrong. No, no, no. It's it's more about like um, in you know, so that you can actually have focus on your work, so that the stuff that you're doing, like we're spending a lot of our time fighting build tools and all of those other things, and you just want them to get out of the way so you can focus on the product, right? And you need, you know, like speed, right? So you want to do more iterative loops. So if you focus on actually getting the speed of the application up you're generally focusing on trying to have less things simplicity I, right i bet those build tools advertise that they had great developer experience like what you know there is def definitely not what i'm working on at the moment no Con concrete <laughs> down what's a specific example of something that was slow that you want to improve what's a concrete uh, example for example our ci build system has like a loop speed to go from from commit to going to green is a, a best case scenario 40 minutes 14 40 40 40 yeah and there's a lot of builds and stuff that go on in there and trying to run things um and we've got some which has got hours right so we've got things where like we've got retry loops because you know flaky tests whereas my theory is if you got a flaky test you probably got flaky code um and that's generally the right so it will retry it so it could take up to a couple hours for you to get your big red x and go oh yeah i forgot to include this 
And so that sort of experience is not good, right? So you want to shift all that quality to the left as far as possible to get that feedback loop really tight. Even if you build locally, even if you build locally, mm. it takes hours? Uh, it takes a bit longer locally, actually. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there's that's some... Um, like to, yeah, that's why yeah. I like to work with JavaScript, you know. You don't really... There's like, the build is not too long, you know, you just... Yeah, I forgot, I forgot to tell you. Vincent, this is yes, JavaScript-based. Oh, you're working JavaScript? <laughs> React, yeah. React Native? Yeah, look, there's React Native, but we've also got backends that take that long yeah. as well. And, you, you know, so really it's just when you distill it all down, it's like the simplicity wins, complexity kills, right, all the way through, no matter what oh, yeah, it is, you know. What's, and um, What's the build doing? Oh, uh, from unit tests, linting, um, clicky style tests on, on apps. So it's got to build those app images, um, download dependencies. Um, there's just too much weight in what we've done. Uh, it doesn't fit under 13K. Um, <laughs> that's probably what it takes. Get rid of, so, get rid of oh. the linting. Get rid of the lint. I reckon that stuff's just a waste of time. Get rid of that linting. Well, linting is one of those things that's evolved really well. Like you've got some like all the new frameworks that come out that have a great developer experience, just bake that in, all right? You don't add your own. They're a poor, man's, they're a poor man's compiler. They're adding, they're trying to create a compiler, like you use a Visual Studio yeah, or whatever. You've got something like Deno. Deno ships with its own own linter and you just go Deno format and boom, it's done, right? And it's, it's, it's fast, it's invisible. It's like ABS breaks. You don't need to know how it works or that it's there. It just does its thing. Um, Next.js has its own linter and it does its own thing. And that's good because all the projects in the whole world all look the same rather than just your one. But when people try and strive for those consistency across all your different projects in all your different areas and everything else, and then you've got your own custom linter and everything else, it doesn't work. But that's, this is what the landing page says, and then, then it takes 40 minutes. Well, it's also focusing on the wrong things, right? I don't want to focus on the linter. Um, I just want to ship features. And and tests and things like that, things that don't take hours. The best oh, way yeah. to focus on not focus on the linter is to stop linting. <laughs> yeah, just get people to write good code. Yeah, consistent no, code. Just, oh no, see, I love my lint. I love my linter if it's if it's set up properly like in the project, and you don't edit it. Right, you don't get stuck into the arguments about what rule is right or any any sentence that starts with best practices. No, um, get rid of that. That's just do something off the shelf. If you want to get involved in that, go out into the open source projects and have some fun. Okay, okay. Hot take, hot take, Pat. Tell us your view on linters being a, a crutch. They're just, they're a really bad way of communicating. <clears throat> and they're a really bad way of enforcing rules. Yeah. They're linters because it's like you're, like you're, it's like you're 10 pin bowling. And then people keep doing gutter balls. And you're like, okay, instead of teaching them how to bowl, let's put these gutter guards in. And then the developer goes, oh, and like bounces off the side, bounces off the side. And then like one pin goes down. And you're like, yay, linters. Yeah, there's some there's some different rules in those linters, right? There's like the style of rules which say like um, like the worst one is like uh, exhaustive dependencies in React, you know, those hook ones. That always drives me nuts, right? Where it's actually what trying to teach you to code. Uh, I was like, so if you have like a use effect and you've got like an empty dependency array or something's missing and 
it will tell you to do something that actually makes the code not work anymore. No, um, that, half that shit's so badly implemented. Like, I've seen, I just saw a conversation recently on Twitter where they, they used that linter rule for use effects, and then it led them down the wrong path because it's a poor man's compiler. Yeah, yeah so that, one, that one's do... bad, right? So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Know. Like, there's, there's the ones that are trying to tell you what to do, and then there's others where it just takes away the drudgery as well, like formatting, mm. layout, sorting imports and you hit save and your code just looks pretty you know i do yeah, so you're talking about you're talking about uh just essentially formatting style formatting formatting i say use them out of, use them out of the box as they are don't customize them yeah That's but it. linters linters are just yeah formatting is fantastic yeah format on save great yeah. tool go format well are, awesome. are you against like the linter uh, the way it's implemented right now or the concept of it just it never in my experience it never quite works because you're like ah oh, there's some there's the bad parts of javascript we don't want developers to use those parts and then you're like oh how can we stop people from using them oh we could teach them but let's just have a tool yell at them and not <laughs> Tell them what to do. And then, they, then that tool teaches you. No, it doesn't. No, it just no. says uh, this feature is banned. And then you're like, oh, okay, I'll try a different feature. And then they'll use sometimes mm. they'll do like syntax like craziness that the linter can't pick up, and that will pass. But I yeah. think and, okay, maybe one um, the, like deprecating some package or things like that. That's one part of LinkedIn. But the other part is really like um, encouraging developers to write in a standard style so that everybody write in the same like. I think you can, well, you, can, you can you can take formatting off the table. Yeah, if, if you're talking about formatting, yeah. just like how how a code looks, where the spaces are, yeah. where okay. the new lines are, take that off the table. Yeah. yeah, every team should just agree on their formatting style. Yeah. set up tooling to just automatically do that. Okay, that's so fine. that's that's yeah. that's a good part. That's no, good. no one's contesting that. You that's can automate that. Yeah. Hang on, hang on a second. You, you do have a huh? flaw though, and that your your flaw is you know you, the team should just agree to the format style and move on. You go. Have you ever tried to get a team to agree to a format style? It's nearly impossible. Everyone's got their opinions and everyone thinks they're smarter than everyone else. You just should use something off the shelf and be done with it. But it, say, say if there was like someone that says, I really like like a, with arrays, like you shouldn't use for loops. You should use dot map and dot for each and dot whatever filter. And like some, some crazy person said, I think the map and filter are better. So add a linting rule to ban for loops. Like yeah, but, you, but my theory is, is you should use it off the shelf and not customize it. So if no, that person well, said oh, they wanted to add that rule, go, nah, I'm out. All the off the shelf stuff is terrible. All the off the shelf stuff is from big companies that are trying to trying to standardize for standard crap. And that like the Airbnb yeah. stuff is like the worst. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's but there's so many of them, right? But choose one, right? That's the decision, really? right? And They're if you want to Oh, well, okay, Patrick, we, are we going with no linting then? Yeah, no linting. Get rid oh, of it. I love it. We'll take Patrick. Yeah, you're out. The you're out, Patrick. You're off the team. He's yeah. out. No, <laughs> no linting. Hey, hey, yeah. let's go no compilers. Let's just go straight to the yeah, linters, Did linters exist at Microsoft 20 years ago? Yeah, so I, I have a sort of middle-of-the-road view. I think we should it should be every team that should decide on their rules. I don't think they should do industry standards, but they should do something. And whether you use linting or not, I think it's up to the person. I, I wouldn't even enforce it. Yeah. Uh, but I'd say, hey, if you check in code that doesn't conform to the team, whatever the team's decided, whether it's this standard off-the-shelf thing or 
this way of doing loops. If you check in code that doesn't conform, that's your bad. Go fix it. You'll, yeah, you know. and it, it, and it's fine to check in code that's not that like that's not great. That's the that's the thing that annoys me about PR reviews is that oh let's do these PR reviews. We need to review everything, and then like then the, all the review comments are just like nitpicky, meaningless. Like the code still runs, the computer doesn't care, and then it's like just the code. You can yeah, change. So. You can change the code. It's mutable. But people get so like no. hung up on like, oh no, the commit had the did the wrong thing. Like, well, if you have LinkedIn, you know, you can start ahead of time. So when it comes to PR, but all you, that stuff's useless, waste of crap. Like, hey, yeah, if you guys uh -huh. like, we can change the subject now <laughs> to yeah. talk about whether yeah, we should use changed. spaces or tabs. Yeah. Oh! So, uh, <laughs> what the hell? For the next hour, we can debate whether we should use spaces or tabs. What well, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go one better, and that's like most of PR reviews are worthless. Um, both of us? Oh, yeah. 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 I well, you, you agree, yes, I agree about that. Yeah. What What do you think yeah, is no, the best no. type of review? Uh, that's, um, that's literally a setup right there. I, I still think you should be pushing your quality more, more early <clears> in the process, right? So you should be pairing with someone along the way, like have all your ideas contested rather than you thinking about it, working on it on your own, coming up with and go, here's my PR, and then trying to explain it to someone at the end. Like, you're just trying to tack quality onto the end of that process. It should be paired along the way and have those ideas contested all through it. It's it feels people always think it's slower, but it actually ends up faster in the long run, right? We I think also I think also you should get the senior people with a lot of experience just to sit down and go through the code base, and then they they will find oh this they didn't write this class very well or this stuff's like coupled or this blah blah blah. And then like bring that stuff up and then like talk to the team about it and then go okay i've looked at this thing this this code kind of smell and uh, i want to this sprint i want us to you know i've got some ideas on how to design it better look like maybe you struggled to find a good design like let's i'll pair with you even or, hey we're going to run a brown bag i'm going to teach you about yeah. this and this and this exactly why don't you guys go think about how you do it in your code exactly yeah, yeah. that's because uh, then that stuff's like permanent because you've changed the person's mind You've like, taught them something. You've taught them something. Whereas if you yeah, just got well, this, like, automate that stuff, it's never going to catch up. Everyone's different, right? And everyone's got different levels of skill and different ways of approach things. And, and it's not as black and white as people think. You can do things no, two but, ways and must be right. And yeah. the, you know, so how many times have you gone back, you looked at code, you go, what idiot wrote that? And on Git Blame, you go, oh, that was me, right? <laughs> you know, you, you personally change your own opinions as you go through and you evolve as you do those things. As you said, code's mutable. You go back and you fix those things, but you want to share that knowledge with others too. So, how do you do that best? It's not through PR reviews. It's pairing. yeah, it's just it's just so off. Like the PR review, like someone will write this code, and then it'll be stopped from being merged for like weeks on end because it's like, oh, no, the codes are quite right because someone got a bit anal and like, oh no, it has to be perfect. It's so like, you got you got to have at least three three people from code owners. In, uh, do, to you think, do you think coding copilots co will change all that? Because you're you're going to have this AI copilot doing yeah, the pairing for you and <laughs> providing the review. Well, do you I think that's going to happen? I don't use them, so that, that's not sure. Uh, yeah, I haven't got I haven't got a lot of benefit from the copilot stuff. I, I have for like writing the idiot tests. You know, like uh, if I pass in null, do I get X result? You know, or why? It's good at doing those sort of formatty things, and that saves me a bit of time, but. Especially if you're trying to resurrect like a bad code base, and if it's trained on those code, 
and it's going, hey, this is just like this section over here, and it'll start giving you that template, which is what humans do anyway. There's a lot of cut and paste and, you know, of prior art and just doing it again. Yeah. So you end up with something bad just everywhere and going through, which is sometimes how linters can actually help a little bit. But no, yeah. it hasn't helped me as much as I hope for. Hey, so you guys are all talking about like all the nitpicky stuff, right? Like, yeah. oh, like missing some column, missing like the new, new yes. stuff, yeah, or like style issues. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you like like some kind of automated thing to just tell you everything no, that there's like something no, wrong with that? No, because it because you're hiring. Say you hire a developer, this is pull a number out. They money cost a hundred the hundred dollars <laughs> per hour. Yeah. And then so that person's gonna work on something for like two days yeah. and they create this PR and then they're blocked from then they're blocked from merging. Like that that whole time that they can't they they're blocked. It's just a waste of money. Like it's just yeah. And then it's just they block because of what? Like because somebody needs to look at it. Here's here's a question for you. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. So in many companies, then um, yeah. you there might be a process where just once once you finish your change, yeah, it might take a week or two before that gets merged into the into the branch. Yeah, it takes. And, a, the, it and takes the reason a while, yeah. and the reason so the reason I think that 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 happens is that because that this merge is this like golden point, it's because um, sprints. People are so focused on what's the next feature that we're going to build. We're going to build this. Are oh, you? Yeah. What are you? What? Why are you going back and refactoring that code for? We're we're working on the next feature. So whereas I find when I work on my own stuff, I'll go back and look at the code I wrote last week and go, oh, I think I had a better idea of how to to structure how this to now. Yeah. But if you if you on a team and you do that, you, it's your your hand is slapped and said, what are you doing? This is a waste of time. What what, what happens in Amazon? You were there. I'm very curious. Mm -hmm. Once you've got, once you've written the change, you've yeah. got things there. Mm -hmm. How long does it take to get that merged in? Straight away. So yes, we're telling like what? a week or two. If that happens, then it's not very good, you know. Like then we need to improve process. Mm -hmm. A day or two, that's okay. Mm -hmm. So that's like kind of try to. Um, I mean, it doesn't always happen, but we strive towards like getting as short as possible. Mm -hmm. The same day, a day or two, that's kind of okay. A week, no. Like if, if it keeps going like a week, a week, a week, yeah. then you would really need to walk the process because uh, yeah like i agree that's not like a reasonable way to work i can't remember what i did two days ago let alone a week ago half the time so you yeah. know it's it's it's, ter it's terrible for that sort of scenario but my theory but, is is going all the way back developer experience is the thing that goes thing right so if patrick really loves like certain tools and i don't you know uh, we don't want to choose something or enforce something that makes that his experience worse than mine, right? Long as long as I'm really productive and he's really productive his way, we should be able to ship it. And the, to me, the the core things are if we're both being blocked for forty minutes on a build, we probably should try a way to shrink that down as much as possible, or to get our yeah. feedback faster and 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 ship things faster. Yeah, like oh, so we're talking about the, the length of the build right now, like just like compiling stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's one why one of the things I mentioned about JavaScript. Mm. Like, I didn't mean like building JavaScript with all the, the crap along, but uh, when I was working on games, like I could just like uh, input something and it's in JavaScript. Doesn't need to be compiled. It's uh, it's up on the like I just refresh the page and it's the change is there already. So yeah. I, I don't know. That's kind of like my which, experience. Which is a good developer experience, right? That's kind of what yeah, you want to do. Pretty much yes. You want to always shrink the feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but lately, yeah, I've been uh, using a little bit more of TypeScript, which does require like transpiling, compiling, and also re React. So that has been slowing down quite a bit. 
but then I, I discovered like some new um, something new like uh, Bungie S, mm. and that thing mm. seems to accelerate things, like it makes things a heck a lot faster in mm. terms of building. So I don't know. This this one like yes. What is that? Bungie Bungie S is uh, the 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 goal is to be kind of like the replacement for Node.js. Oh okay. Uh, but it's also incorporates uh, built-in uh, TypeScript um, understanding, I guess. Mm, uh, yeah. the, the TypeScript, React. Uh, it has a built-in bundler. Basically, like, instead of having a bunch of like different uh, JavaScript, yeah, it's in one bundle. And heavily, That's why it's called Burn, I guess. And heavily mm -hmm. optimized. Okay. Yeah, we we'll share a link after it. And, yeah. Uh, no. yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and the experience of actually using those is just so much better. Right, because you're not like you start a little, like little yeah. node project, and you're going, "Oh, I've got to get transpilation of TypeScript in that cool," and then people yeah. go, "Oh, I've got an old Webpack bundle." Oh, great, you know, and, you know, you hit save, and then it's got to redo all those things. But like we did one for with Deno, which is you know like Bun in many respects, and aims for the same yeah. sort of market. It it loads in it loads in a millisecond, right? Yeah. It's there. You hit save, yeah. and you. You can't flip back to your terminal to watch it reload or refresh. It's just done. It's such a beautiful mm -hmm. experience to have that sort of feedback loop just iterate. And then you're just focusing on the problem and back on, you know, what you're making your thing for, you know. I mean, it's really hard to sort of focus on and go, am I giving this person a good experience of using my app or whatever it is I'm making when you're just waiting for the compiler to work? Oh, wait. Oui. So uh, that's, wait, wait, yeah, yeah. Wait to do, play the music. Well, okay, we we've, uh, oh, yeah. we might have some outro music this time round, which uh, Vincent Thanks. might play for us. Yeah, thank well, you. Are you gonna play it now? Well, I think I need to get it out of. Yeah, what else can we talk about? Well, um, if well, if we get organized, we will have some outro music, and uh, we're gonna hear it for the first time now. So Vincent's very good at. I haven't actually played any of his games yet, but apparently he's very talented at the music. And then the graphics are a little crude, but the music like what? kills. What? about the graphics? <laughs> <laughs> he's so lucky. Right. I have no talent whatsoever. <laughs> I, I remember when I was a kid, my mum took me to piano lessons, and the piano teacher said, "Take him away. His talents lie elsewhere." We saw some amazing piano players last night. We went to this uh, bar, Amin found it, and uh, it's literally a hole in the ground. So, like, we'd, we'd been there the previous night, so we we're familiar with it. There's this amazing music coming through the floor, and it's so they've like cut out this triangle, and you can like look over the edge, and there's a band in there. There's, a, there's a really, really interesting and vibrant music scene here in, uh, in Seoul. And uh, that's 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 great. So, in addition to great movies, <laughs> great TV shows, uh, great great phones, great food, they, they apparently have good music too. Uh, well, I don't know. Are we going to try and play it, or <laughs> are we going to give up and try and do the outro at the end? This might be a bit nuts. Uh, do you have to run, Craig? Yeah, we'll have to get back into into the work shortly. Yeah. We won't keep you much longer. I think we may have lost him there. <laughs> He's attracted to food. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, hey, I, well, do have, I do have something that you should have taken with you. Yeah, what's that? You should have taken one of these little guys, right? What is it? 
if, if you're just listening, it's not going to help too much. Mm. What are you holding? Describe fold, it. Fold in your pocket, right? Unfolds. This is a Joby Grip Tight one, right? It's a little Ooh. tripod for your phone. Oh, cool. Oh. Right? So it actually like like so it folds up transformer style, right? Down, folds up, right? And then that Ooh. just slides into your pocket. So if you can see the size of it, it's you know smaller Very than my. Small. You know, but when it actually goes on your phone, it's actually really yeah, good. So, so uh, next time, go travel. Take a tripod for your phone. Yeah, if there's any uh, anyone's got any idea of where we should travel to next, um, we apparently Runtime Reverie has a zero dollar budget for editing and um, stuff like that. We've got a large travel budget, so um, yeah. yeah, we might go to another country. Okay, your, we're going to listen to this thing right now. Yeah. Let's go. We're going to do the outro, and thanks, everyone, for joining us. <laughs>